to acknowledge uh, our pastor and our first lady. And I'm just, I'm excited for them to, to be here with us. Anybody excited about that? Amen. I'm also, I also want to thank all of our guests and all of our visitors for coming to the house of the Lord today. We welcome you. If this is your first time, your second, third, fourth time, we welcome you here um, at TPC. And we would love for you to continue to come. Make this place your home. Make it your home. We, we want you to be a part of the vision that God has given us. And we want you to be involved. And we need you to be involved. Amen. So we're so thankful for all of our guests and our visitors. And uh, I'm thankful for what God is doing in our midst. So I'm going to preach a word to you. And this is a word that, um, well, it was given to me by, by men of God in my life. And uh, these notes are from elders that I highly respect. Uh, some of them have been here. And they have been um, um, notes on prayer and faith. And so today I'm going to speak to you about a subject of faith. Uh, before I give you this subject or begin to minister uh, the word here, I do want to give some instruction. And uh, I, I have it right in my notes, give instruction. Because um, as we go into the word of the Lord, um, there are some things that are going to happen in just a few minutes from now. Uh, some of the things that are going to happen is there is going to be a level of faith that exceeds uh, the level of faith that you've been living in. I'm just making you aware of what's taking place. Um, at that point in time in the service, we're going to fill it. And we're going to fill this dimension of faith all together. We're going to fill it all together. And when we begin to fill it, I want every leader in this place, if you're a leader, raise your hands. I release you and I give you liberty to act upon that very dimension of faith. Now for everybody else, I give you liberty to act and to move upon that dimension of faith. And I say that because there, at that moment in time, there will be people that will begin to worship God. There will be people that will begin to press in prayer. There will, begin, there will be people that begin to speak things into existence. There will be people in here that will begin to prophesy. There will be people in here that will begin to intercede. You'll get out of your chair and you'll begin to travail. You'll begin to petition to God. And there will be people in here today that when that level of faith is reached, uh, people will begin to, to become stirred in the spirit. And when you're stirred in the spirit, God, the gift of the spirit are going to start moving in this body. I'm saying that because we are well aware that in our services this last month, God has been moving in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. So here's what I want. I'm giving some instruction. I want you to be aware of. I want you to have liberty. I want you to step out with courage and boldness. And do not be afraid. As we mentioned before, this is a safe place. If you make a mistake, we're not going to beat you up. I have made many mistakes. And I have learned how to operate in the giftings that God has given me through trial and error. This is a safe place. Now, we are aware that in the Bible it says to do things in order. If things get out of order, pastor or I will come up here and delicately put things back in order, and then we will continue to press, and the gifts of the Spirit will begin to move once again. That, that's it. Things get out of order, get a little crazy in here, we will just... Delicately put it back in order, and then we will proceed to go after what God is doing. I ask you to have courage and boldness in what God wants you to do in obedience. 
We heard a message from Pastor Eric this Thursday, being obedient to that very moment in the giftings that God has given you. Get that message if you haven't heard it just yet from last Thursday. Um, I am going to read some scriptures to you. And the first scripture that I read to you is in the book of Matthew. And this scripture specifically talks about prayer. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asketh receiveth, and he who seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it will be opened unto you. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about asking. And we're talking about a persistence in your prayer and in your asking and your seeking and your knocking. Persistence. James 4, 2 says in the last portion of this verse, you have not because you ask not. The context of this verse is James is uh, teaching these people that are trying to obtain things without God being involved. They're trying things even to go to a vile and wicked extent to, to get things all by themselves. They were envious of each other, and they were trying to, to get what everybody else had. And, and James says, listen, listen, folks, you're doing it all wrong. God can give you these things if you just ask for these things. Get God involved in the, the necessities that you desire in life and even the things you desire in life. That's the context. So in this prayer, you have not because you ask not. It's guiding God's people to ask with the correct motive. Persistence. we got to have the right motive in our asking, in our desiring. In the next verse, in, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, his will, he hears us. The key in this scripture is praying and asking according to the will of God. Persistence, motive, and being in line to the will of God. Praying and asking. Matthew 21, 22 says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. The key in this point is faith is the key. Persistence, motive, praying his will, and praying in faith. Now in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, According to the power that works in us. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. And in this writing, Paul is giving them a revelation of God. He is giving them the, a revelation of the power of God. And he's allowing God's people to have knowledge, here's the key, of their position in God. In that same petitioning, persistence and petitioning. Having the right motives, praying and asking his will. Faith is the key and the revelation and understanding who he is when you ask. The revelation and understanding his power when he when you ask. The revelation and knowledge of understanding who you are, a child of God, when you're praying, asking, and seeking and knocking. <laughs> 
Now I'm going to preach to you today. But let me tell you a story. I got dressed for the office one day with my suit and tie on, Pastor. And in my home church back home back in the day, 85 years ago, we were developing some strategic plans to reach our city. In this plan, we were trying to develop a bus ministry. And the bus ministry was an overwhelming plan, Pastor. It, it was overwhelming. And I had to take this development and this strategy to prayer. And I had to ask God, God, give me the details. I don't even know how to launch this thing. I don't know what to do. I know it's your will. I know that you, uh, this is your purpose, that we reach the lost. But God, I've never ran a bus ministry. Never, God. God, I need you to give me the gift of administration. I need you to give me some creative uh, a mind or creative ideas in my mind. I, I need you, God, to give me that creative faith. That is a prayer I'll let you into my, my personal prayer life. I pray that prayer today. When I come into the house of God and you walk near me, you probably will hear me repenting. And then you're probably hearing me or will hear me um, seeking God for faith, more faith. God, increase my faith. God, give me ideas, God. Give me creative ideas, God. Give me creative thoughts, God. Give me creative faith so that I can work according to your will and your purpose. I pray that this morning. I prayed that last night. I prayed that in the sanctuary yesterday. I pray that almost daily. Because I know I cannot do it on my own. And so it is as we were planning and strategizing to, 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 to develop a ministry, I would pray about it. Months have gone by and I would meet with people. We would, we would talk about things. And, and so it was we got some plan in order. But somewhere along, around the line, along the line of preparing, I saw a, a posting about a community meeting in the city of Stockton in Northern California. And I realized that it was the next day, the community meeting. And the community meeting was basically an invitation to the public um, so that you can come and you can hear and find out what the city and what the county is doing um, in terms of their public transportation. And I thought, Pastor, it would be wise that I show up just to show up and see what's going on. The next day, I put my suit and tie on. And I show up in this parking lot. It's called the Regional Transit Division, RTD, in the city of Stockton. And I show up, and there's a meeting of about a couple of hundred people, just like this room here today. The room is probably about this big. And in back of me, there's kind of a judicial seating, you know, with the community leaders and the mayor and, and their, the board of directors. And they're sitting about four feet uh, above the, the congregation. And on the right side, this side, my right side, your left side, there is a podium halfway between the height of where they're sitting and the height of where the people are sitting. And as I walk in, some guy says, are you the mayor? <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not the mayor. And as I walk in the back doors, there's a table, right, where, where the Christian is, is standing. And there's a table, and the lady looks at me and says, are you the speaker? And at that point, it dawned on me that this is an opportunity that God has opened. As a matter of fact, God has compelled me up to that point to show up because I really didn't want to show up. I walk in the doors. You said, are you the speaker today? And I said, um, no. 
I'm not the speaker. She says, well, would you like to speak? Yeah, well. And, and she must have thought I was somebody important because of my suit and tie. And I said, no, I, I'm well, I, I do have an idea. And she said, well, I'll put you down to speak. And they'll call you up to say a few things, and you'll have your time, and you'll speak whatever you want. And I thought, this is awesome. God is just opening one door after another, Brother Ron. Opportunities, and I'm just walking through them. Uh, I don't even know what I'm doing or what I'm about to say. And all of a sudden, I sit down, and after a few minutes, people go up and share their thoughts and ideas. And all of a sudden, they said, um, Mr. Timothy Ramonette, would you come up to the podium? And the first thing I thought, Sister Vera, is don't get to the podium and say, praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to the house of God. Right? I kept telling my mind, don't, Tim, just relax. It, it's, not, it's not church. It's, it's a community meeting. And there was a, a, a platform and, and, a, and a pulpit and a little microphone that stuck out kind of for lecturing. And, and walking up to this podium and hundreds of people looking at me and the board of directors looking at me, I thought, Tim, this isn't church. Tim, you can do it. Just greet them naturally. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Hello, it's good to be here. And, and I just kept saying, Tim, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't start rejoicing. Don't speak in tongues. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I walked up to the, plant, to the podium, and I said, ladies and gentlemen, I said, thank you for allowing me to be here. I said, the reason why I'm here to the board of directors, I thank you for giving me this time that God was, was refraining me from just shouting and rejoicing and jumping and, and doing jumping jacks and all that wonderful stuff that we do. And I said, you know, thank you for the time you've given me. I have a proposition. The proposition is this, that I did my homework. I said, you have a route in this city that on Sunday mornings uh, goes past our facility, our church, and it goes past and it makes a loop in this industrial area. And I thought, and, and I told them, I said, my thinking is this. Our church needs buses to bring people to church. We need a bus route so that people in this city on a Sunday morning can go into the house of God and worship God. And I told RTD, I said, and it's a twofold benefit. If you change this route, it'll benefit your finances. And I had everybody's attention. Even the people were clapping for me. And I felt like the mayor. They were clapping for me. They didn't know what I was saying, but the board of directors were clapping, and they were moving their head, and they, were, they started asking me questions. We love this idea. We, we like more revenue. Of course you do. And we, we think that's a great idea. And they kept asking me questions. I was up there for about an hour asking questions about the new plan. The new plan in the city to bring buses to a church called Christian Life Center on Christian Life Way. They made flyers, and in due time, route number 43 to this very day goes to a parking lot of a church. Why? Because simply, we have not because we ask not. Oh, I come to tell somebody, God is on our side. Why not? What do we got to lose? If God be for us, then who could be against us? Church, we are favored in this land. We are favored in this city. Yeah. 
Every time I'd go to church and I'd see route number 43 in front of me, I would praise God. I would say, God, you're faithful, God. You're amazing, God. I would worship God in the car on my way to church. And I would say, God, there's nothing impossible for you. I want to tell you that God just wants to use. I didn't have a title, but this morning, Sister Holly asked me for a title. And the only thing I can think, Pastor, is the word that I've been hearing all week. And it's expansion. And I thought that would be a good title this morning. So the title of this message is, it is time for us to expand. Yeah. Now, I know it's a little tricky because some of you are thinking, Oh, I've been expanding all month in the, in the dead winter. I've been expanding. I'm expanding. Well, I'm not talking about your waist. I'm talking about our faith. It's time to expand our faith. The Bible says, and Paul writes, in Ephesians 3.20, he says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can, we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. See, Paul, he's giving instruction to a church. Paul, he's, he's lifting up a church. Paul is, is actually giving a prayer to a church. And in this conclusion of this prayer, he's trying to build strength in God's people. In other words, Paul is writing as though he understands the power of God, as though he has encountered the revelation of God. Paul is trying to change their mindset. He's trying to, to, to get them out of a, mind, of a mindset of doubt and into a, a mindset of faith. Can I take off my tie, Pastor? Paul is trying to get the people's mind to understand that God is for them. He says, now to him who is able to do. I tell you that God is absolutely able to do. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows the handiwork of God. He's able to do. The Bible says that with man all things are impossible. With God all things are possible. Psalm says, great is our Lord and the abundant power. And, the, and, and all things are possible to God. And his understanding is beyond measure. I love that. There's no tool that we have in this universe that can measure God's understanding. Jeremiah says, oh God, oh God. It is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. And it is you by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Isaiah says, have you not known? For somebody in here, have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God and the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding, watch this, is unsearchable. From the east to the west to the north to the south, you will never find the end to God's knowledge. You will never find the end to God's wisdom. You will never find the end to God's power. Unsearchable. He is the Alpha. That's right. And he is the Omega. 
He is the beginning and the end. He is who was, who is, and who is to come. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. James says he has no variation or shadow. Romans says the depth of his, of his riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God. He is able. If you haven't got that by now, I don't know what else to tell you, but he is able to do. God ain't got a problem doing. Watch this. Exceedingly abundantly. Above all that we can ask or think. It's this portion of scripture that I love because it speaks of God as being infinite. Infinite. Infinite is a term that is used to state that God is unmeasurable and unlimited. He is infinite. That's my God. That's your God. His word is unmeasurable. It's unmeasurable is used to describe the very power of God. He's logically incapable of being measured. He has all power and he has all glory. The universe, he's not bound to this universe. He's not bound to this time or this space. He's not confined to the laws of this land. God has no boundaries. No boundaries. And I'm so glad that I serve a God that ain't like me who is limited in wisdom, me. I'm so glad that I serve a God that, that is unlike me, who is limited in power. I'm so glad that I, I'm bragging on my God, that I serve a God that has all knowledge, who is not like man. I'm so glad, that's okay, I'm just bragging on my God. If I could introduce him to somebody in here that don't know him, I would say, introduce him to you. Oh, the great I am that I am, my God. I don't know about for you, but he's my God. I'll go ahead and worship your God. absolutely able with the tap absolutely able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think but I really didn't come to tell the church that I have come to this pulpit today to tell you that we serve a God that has shackles on his hands. We serve a God that is um, trapped in a box, if I may say. We have a God that is in fetters. We have a God that is trapped in a trap. You see, before you stone me, let me explain to you what I'm talking about. The Bible tells us that he has all power. He has all might. But yet we have a God that has restrictions. We have a God that has constraints. 
We have a God that has a hindrance. Hold on. Don't stone me just yet. Put the stone back down, folks. We have a God that has impediments. We have a God that has a damper on his power. We have a God that has a break and a halt. We have a God that has a block on his power and what he wants to do with it. I'm just catching my breath. All power, but yet we serve a God that is unlimited. There's a story, thank you, Pastor, in the book of 2 Kings. And this story, it talks about a widow who lost her husband. (laughs) You heard the story before. And the Bible says that her husband was the son of a prophet. And he worked under the prophet of Elisha. And the Bible tells us that he was faithful. She is trying to figure out her finances. And she sees the prophet of God coming by her place, her town, the road. And she screams at the prophet Elisha. She said, hey, I'm in this situation. I, I, I need some help. Um... I need you. I need a miracle from God. And, and the prophet understands where she's coming from. The prophet knows who her husband is. And I would say that she was, she probably was a good woman of God. Her, she had two sons. And her sons were probably a good family of God. They were probably church goers. They were faithful. They were involved in the ministry. And all of a sudden, her husband passes away. I don't know why, but they're on. But the Bible says he passed. He died. And she was a widow. But when she went to the man of God... The Bible says that the man of God, the prophet Elijah, felt for her. And he said, woman, I, I, I want to help you. What can I do for you? What do you have in your house? She says, you know, prophet, I, I only have this vessel with oil. And she said, that's all I got. She said, but my husband let, left a debt. And the creditors are trying to come for his debt or his payment. And the creditors warned me and threatened me that if I don't pay up, that they're going to take my two sons and they're going to make them slaves to pay off the very debt that my husband left. It's a real situation. And the prophet of God says, you know what, I want to help you. He says, listen to the instructions. Listen. He says, get the vessel. Get the vessel ready. Send your boys out to get every vessel that they can find in the city, neighbor to neighbor, door to door. Get every empty vessel. And she does just that. The kids go and they get every empty vessel they can find. And they bring back one vessel after another. Somewhere down the line, they thought, we got 85 vessels. We can't even carry them all. Somewhere down the line, they thought we got five vessels. and It's just big vessels. We can't carry them all. Let's take them home to mom. Somewhere down the line, they might have had 25 vessels. But somewhere down the line, they thought that it was enough vessels for the miraculous. And they brought it to the house. The Bible says they shut the door in back of all three of them. And the mother began to fill the vessels. And after one vessel, God poured out the miraculous. And after another vessel, God continued to pour out the miraculous. Woo! And the miraculous continued one vessel after another 
until mama asked, sons, I need another vessel. And the boy said, mama, we don't have any more vessels. The vessels are all filled with oil. Somewhere down the line, the sons were satisfied with the amount of vessels. And somewhere down the line, mama said, I'm satisfied too. I come here to tell this church that the only limitation that God has is the way or the level of faith that we have. You see, folks, we get in the way of the miraculous. God never said to stop the miraculous. God never said to stop the miracles. But God was willing to pour out one miracle after another. 300 vessels, 500 vessels, 1,000 vessels. But somewhere down the line, we get satisfied with the amount of the miraculous that we have. Oh, I tell somebody, the fetters that God has is the level of faith that God's people walk in. change that God has is based on how we pray and how we ask. The boundaries and the perimeters that God has to deal with is based on our level of faith. But today, God wants to expand our faith. You see, the Bible tells us of a story where Jesus is teaching his disciples. And he's teaching them, he's showing them these things throughout the land. And the disciples felt so lack of knowledge. They said, God, they said, Jesus, increase our faith. And that's where God's at. God wants our faith to increase. I said it before, I'll say it again, God's a gentleman. He's not going to take you from here to there if you don't want to go there. But God will meet you right where you're at. And then he'll say something like, just add a little, little bit of mustard seed and increase your faith. And with that small increase, you can do mighty things. The disciples constantly ask, God, Jesus, increase my faith. And Jesus said, okay, I'm going to increase your faith. One story in particular, the Bible tells us in the Gospels that, that God, Jesus is walking from Bethany to Jerusalem, Jerusalem to Bethany. And the Bible says that in, 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 in that time frame, Jesus got real hungry. He got, he got hungry. You get what I'm saying? He got hungry. And he sees this fig tree with leaves. And he goes to this fig tree and he wants to eat. He wants to partake of the fruit. But the Bible says it wasn't in due season. But in that season, there were these little sour figs that were edible. Jesus was expecting something on that tree. And as he traveled from one place to the next, he goes and he goes to the tree and he tries to pick the fruit. But the tree didn't bear fruit. And the Bible says that Jesus curses the fruit. And the disciples hear him. And as they travel back and forth on the way back, the Bible says that the disciples find the withered tree. They find the withered tree and they marvel. They marvel at the tree that was withered. And Jesus is hearing his own people marvel at the withered tree. And they're, they're talking amongst Peter, saying, man, this is, this is mighty. God did a mighty thing. He withered the tree. He cursed it all the way down to its roots. And Jesus is hearing where his disciples' faith are at. 
and Jesus stops him. And he says, listen, listen, listen. Don't marvel at the fig tree that, I, that withered away. See, I got something greater for you. He pointed them to the mountain. He said, why be fixated on yesterday's miracle? Why be fixated on that level of faith? He says, when you can speak to that mountain and cast that mountain into the sea. God was trying to increase their faith. God was trying to, to, to get them to, to change their, their thinking. God was trying to lead them into a mindset of faith. Why be fixated on, on just a few vessels? Why be fixated on just a small withered tree when I can use you to do greater things in this hour? Church, I want to tell you. God is trying to display his power in this very hour. And he wants to use you. And he wants to use me. He wants to take you to a place of faith. Where you get a tenacity in your faith. A tenacity to speak things that have never been spoken before. He wants to take you to a dimension of faith where you just expect it to be done. See, I believe that God, as I said before, is attracted to faith. He's attracted to faith. It's like that sweet fragrance to God's nostrils. He's attracted to faith. I happen to believe that God is attracted to crazy faith. Crazy faith. See, I happen to believe my opinion that God tends his ear to his people. God hears your prayers. But there's something about a woman of God that pray bigger things. There's something about a woman of God that, that pray crazy faith. The Bible tells us of Joshua, the son of Nun, who lingered in the presence of God. The Bible said that he was in the perfect will of God. That's goal. In faith. Right motives? Persistency. He was chasing some kings into the cave, and Joshua knew that God's purpose was to defeat the kings of Canaan. Joshua got to a place where he said, the sun's going down. I I've got to do something. And God, this is your will that we destroy the enemies of God. Everything lined up. And Joshua got some tenacity in his prayer. He got some, some words of faith. And Joshua spoke something into existence. It was something that grabbed, grabbed the, the, the mind of God. That took God, in this sense, off his, his throne. That made God stand up to attention, if I may say. The angel stood at attention. When Joshua began to speak to the sun, son, stand still. God orchestrated the stars, Jupiter and Mars, and the universe to stand in its orbit, to stand in place. And God cut the words of the, of the man of God like he did the prophet before they fell to the ground. God said, I'm going to put these words into action. God wants to put someone's words of faith into action in this very hour, in this very room.
But he's limited on how we ask. He's limited on how we think. He's limited on our very level of faith. I have learned. I have learned by elders of old that that lived in visions of faith. I have learned by elders that have already passed that have prayed great prayers of faith. You see, I was going to bring this message to this church sometime from now. I talked about the same thing to the leadership in this church. About expanding our our asking, expanding our, our thinking, expanding our faith. But in the last few months, I have realized that the church has been moving fast. And this week, I believe I told Sister Candy and Brother Ron, I'm going to speak the same message on faith to the whole people. And as a whole body, we're going to rise up in the dimension of faith together. Because this church is ready for the next dimension of faith. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asketh receiveth, and he who seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it will be open. Before you ask, before you seek, before you find, you've got to think about it. You've got to ponder on the idea of faith. You have not because you ask not. And you ask not because you have not thought about it yet. Thoughts of faith will lead you to visions of faith. Will lead you to prayers of faith. Will lead you to asking in faith. Will lead you to actions of faith. And that will lead us to a great dimension of faith where we expect things to happen. I tell this church today that what we need is a revelation of God and a revelation of the power of God. Because when we know him, we know his capabilities. When we know his capabilities, we know how to pray and we know how to ask. And the authority in the name of Jesus, I release faith. In this house. I want to welcome you today to your new dimension of faith. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that there's a miracle in the house today, Pastor. I have a feeling that there's deliverance in the house today. I have a feeling that somebody is going to rise up 
and say something you never said before. I just got a feeling. I got a feeling that somebody's going to speak something into existence. The prophet said, not a few vessels. But keep gathering the vessels. Don't stop the miraculous from taking place, not just a few vessels. See, Brother Josiah, I believe that the outpouring of the Holy Ghost will be poured out upon, upon our children. But why stop there? Why limit God with our level of faith? Why stop at a few vessels? Brother Josiah... Not only will God fill the children with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but God will use them in their schools. But why stop there, Brother Josiah? God will not only fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and God will not only use them, but they will be mighty men and mighty women of valor in this hour. But why just a few prayers? Why stop there? God will get those children, Brother Josiah, that you pick up on the buses. And God will use those children in a dimension of faith to subdue kingdoms. Richard, Please forgive me if I'm getting too personal. Richard needs salvation. God's going to reach Richard. But why stop there? Why stop the miraculous? Why get in the way of God's mighty power? God's going to use Richard. going to save Richard. God's going to use Richard. And God's going to use Richard as an oracle. Your sons will be saved. And your sons will be used greatly of God. Greatly of God. Greatly of God. My four boys will be men of God. But why stop there? They will be great men of God. And you boys will be used to speak the truth of God. With an anointing like no other prophet has ever had. For the wellman, but why stop there? God will use you and your family and your kids to reach Tinley Park. But why stop there? He will use you all around the world and your kids will be used greatly. Why stop there? Your grandkids will be used greatly and their grandkids will be used greatly. God's going to use you and you're going to speak the, the word of God throughout this land in a mighty way. You're going to see miracles, signs, and wonder follow you. You're a great man of faith. 
We've gone too far to stop, Joshua. We've crossed over the threshold of faith. God is not only going to use you to be our oracle of God in this hour, but God is going to use you to raise up prophets. Welcome to your new dimension of faith. Oh, by the power of God, by the power of Almighty God, I release you into your new dimension. Young ladies, I release you into your new dimension. Young men, I release you into your new dimension of faith. Sister, God's going to use you. You. He has brought you from a mighty long way. And it wasn't all for nothing. You know it. But God's going to use you in a mighty way in this city. But why stop there? Why stop there? You're going to raise up disciples. And God's going to use them. You're going to see the fruit go from one person to the next. Come on. God ain't finished with you, Sister Kelly. God has a mighty purpose and a mighty plan to use you in a great, mighty move of deliverance. Come on. Come on. That's it. You can feel the new dimension of faith arise. Brother Lopez, God's using you, you know that. But he's going to continue to use you in a mighty way. In a mighty way. In a mighty way. But why stop there? God's going to use you to impart gifts of faith into men and women of God. God's going to use you as an apostle and a prophet of God. God's going to use you as an oracle in this hour. React, be obedient to what God is telling you to do right now. I release you in the gifts of the Spirit. I release you in your new dimension of faith. Come on, church, react. We're doing this together today. We're doing it together. We're moving into a new dimension together. Somebody rise up and prophesy. Somebody speak something as though it was. Somebody speak faith. Somebody send a new petition to God. Oh, Jesus, you will save my family. Oh, Jesus, you will save my spouse. And you will use them greatly in your kingdom in this hour.
If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to come forward and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If you haven't got your miracle yet, I want you to come forward to the front and come get your miracle. It may happen along the way. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, today is your day to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the removal and the remission of your sins. Today is your day. Step out in faith. Step out in faith.